We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Dynasty. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by Sports Axios and Indochino and on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Dan Sanio at FF Dynasty Dan on Twitter, and I'm kind of flying solo tonight a little bit. Uh, no Nathan, and uh, you know I-, I was sad for a minute, but um, I did a little digging and we came up with. No one tell Nathan, but we came up with an entertainer. Someone maybe, you know, slightly slightly more entertaining than Nathan. I don't know. Only listened to Bruce for a while. But we have senior DLF writer Bruce Matson from The Perfect Cast on Twitter at Metric Scout. Bruce, what is going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for uh, inviting me on here today. Sad to see that Nathan couldn't come up, but... I'm ready to come out the bullpen, John Rocker style, sprint on the field, and ready to blow you guys away today. So I'm very excited. I love it, man. I love it. We went to the bullpen. We we brought the ace out of the, out, so we're we're ready to rock and roll. Like you guys know, during the season we go through and and do a little more news and notes, whereas in the off season we try to keep it a little light and and uh, funny, a little more game action, and just kind of go over some basic stuff. But in season we're going to talk about things that happened week to week and the dynasty implications they may have. So to start us off. The one thing that seemed to erupt on Twitter, piss everyone off, including <laughs> including Mr. Matthew Barry, 
<laughs> David Johnson uh, getting getting the play, getting the questionable tag, but um, what one snap, one carry, and then Chase Edmonds went absolutely off. So it was uh, a little infuriating, but we also kind of have to look a little bit deeper and see if this has any long-term concerns. So Bruce, do we think that this is, is, I mean, obviously it's not good short-term for David Johnson, but do you think Chase Edmonds showing up and showing out the way he did is just kind of a bad sign for David Johnson long-term? I don't know how bad, but I, you would have to think Chase Edmonds would have to get more of a touch share going forward. I don't know how much because when David Johnson's healthy and he's on, he he is one of the top running backs in the league. But Chase Edmonds is earning his stripes, so he deserves more touches. It's interesting with how Arizona runs their offense. They could have both backs on the field, throw Johnson in the slot, and have Edmonds take cares of the backfield even when they're healthy. But... I mean that this has to take away some some carries, but I don't know if it's enough to really affect his value. Johnson is what 28 years old, so long-term perspective, that's just something that you wanna. Edmonds is there. He, I mean, get by the game, and then uh, at his age and his current price point. How much longer do you think he's got left? He's 28. Um, running backs seem to fall off around this age. He's had his injuries in recent years, and now he's got a back injury now. So um, that could get worse going forward or creep up later. And then Chase Edmonds, he's doing work already. He's a baller. He he deserves more touches. He deserves more of a share. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to end up. Yeah, it is interesting because we do know that that David Johnson's definitely one that thrives in the passing game. And if Sunday was any implication, Chase Edmonds kind of looks like a baller between the tackles. So, I mean, I could see Edmonds getting a nice chunk of those carries. I'm not sure that if David Johnson's healthy, he's dominating on either portion. Um, Edmonds wouldn't be dominating on either portion. But I, I think Edmonds is going to take away enough of David Johnson's floor where that running game, you know, as as good as that offense has started to make the strides and look better with Kyler Murray, I, I still feel like the floor isn't high enough for them to to share. I think it's kind of one or the other. Yes, David Johnson's a good PPR back, but we're used to him being that bell cow guy. And Bruce, like you said, I mean, he's he's not he's no spring chicken. He's getting up there, and as far as running back years go. And I guess the one thing he's probably got going in his favor is he started out a little bit later. He's, he was an older rookie and he hasn't really had the crazy amount of touches that a lot of backs would that have been bell cows by the age 28. So I guess he's kind of got that going for him. But it, it in the same sense, he, it hasn't really helped him yet because he's been relatively consistently banged up. Hasn't really been that guy since 2016. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like. It would be you probably were you're probably doing yourself a disservice if if you're selling David Johnson now because the price isn't going to be that preseason price that even first couple of week price where he's he's coming out as as RB five or RB six I just uh, it stings a little bit to to feel like we have to hang on to him and wait for another big game because that big game might not be until next year and that might be a year too late yeah so. 
selling him is an interesting factor because who's going to pay full price or off-season price for David Johnson? I mean, you you either got to hold him and see what's going to happen and just hope that he just gets the full health and he still gets his touch share. And the floor is the concerning part because David Johnson, he's going to get his targets. He, I mean, he's explosive. He can, he can blow up any game. Play rate for Arizona is insane. They're like one of the tops in the league in pace when even in neutral game scripts. So that's in his favor. Chase Edmonds, I mean, if both are firing at all cylinders, they can both be fancy relevant. Johnson's floor may take a hit, but um, Johnson's also good enough to just push uh, Edmonds back and say, hey, you're, you're, you're going to have to watch me, little bro. So it, it, it's just it's just something we're going to sit back. But selling him, getting hyped up over this, and just selling him off the rip might is a, is a bad move because his value isn't at high right now. It's uh, just kind of fluttering. I agree with that, and, and it's pretty – it was pretty nice to see Cliff kind of commit to him, especially early season, knowing that was going to be his guy and and feeding him consistently. So I feel like I, I feel like probably holding is your best move right now, unless somebody's really really panicking, trying to bail. But I mean, if you can go get that, you know, preseason price, which I can't imagine anyone's buying for, I feel like that wouldn't be a horrible move to to move on from David Johnson. But yeah, it's most likely a hold right now. Okay, um, we will hop on over to another backfield, and we've talked about this a, a couple weeks here now, but it just continues to get more and more interesting. The Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> backfield seems to be in turmoil, man. Melvin Gordon coming back last week, and and just it the offense just hasn't really looked the way it looked prior to him being back, and hasn't looked anything like it looked last year. But Austin Eckler seems like he's here to stay, at least as a pass catcher. But, man, Melvin's been really not good. I, I feel like he's not—he's definitely not in game shape. So maybe it's just kind of a waiting game until he gets back to where he's at. But it's uh, this is a really interesting one, Bruce. I'm, I'm not sure where you're, what you're doing with these guys. I'm, I'm probably in fade mode right now. Just if I have them, I'm probably holding them. But if I don't, I am nowhere near in the buying range. I believe we have um, similar opinions. Melvin Gordon, like, I need a little sample of this bad play, and I just want to, like, I don't I don't feel like he's in 100% game shape yet, and he needs to get his rhythm together, um, just get back into in-season mode. And uh, I just want to, I just need a, a larger sample size of this bad play. Price-wise, uh, I don't want to sell him off the rip. Because um, you're, I'm not going to get full value for them, and then I'm not going out and buying them either. One is we're getting amazing draft class next year in rookie picks, the 2020 draft class. Uh, so first-round picks are at a premium, and I don't want to lose any of those. I like Melvin Gordon, especially previous Melvin Gordon, but I'm not going to overextend myself. And then when we jump over to Austin Eckler, he's had a tremendous season. Very good catching the ball in the backfield. What you want. But however, he could be that bridge to 
get you to move up in the net, into those rookie picks that you want, possibly get you to DeAndre Swift, to get you to a Jonathan Taylor or a CeeDee Lamb or anything like that, um, if you can pack it. Um, it really depends on what you're looking for and what you're going with. If you're a contender, then you're going to want to keep them on your roster if you're using them. But if you're middle road or less, you may want to be looking to the future. No doubt. And another another thing to look at is I don't know that either one of these guys is going to be a charger in 2020. Uh, obviously, Melvin Gordon held out, never got his new contract, and it looks like the Chargers are maybe in the right on that one. But Austin Eckler is an RFA, and and I'm going to go go ahead and guess that someone's probably going to be willing to pay a little bit more for Austin Eckler uh, than the Chargers are, and they're going to probably be pretty happy about getting that comp pick in return for Austin Eckler and maybe being able to get one of those running backs in the next class for whatever the price tag they put on him. I'm guessing it'd be a mid to late round, but either way, it's going to be someone new in the Charger offense unless they really want to stick with Eckler. But again, I'm not sure they're going to go out and pay, you know, low-end RB1 money to Austin Eckler, who's someone who they haven't sunk anything into yet, and they can just kind of get away scot-free, which, again, I understand he's played really well in the time he has played, and he'd be nice to keep as an asset, as, as a secondary back, or even a, a 1A, 1B type thing. I just I don't see them forking up the money to to keep them. They didn't fork it up for Melvin Gordon. And I, I don't know that Austin's going to get it either. Yeah. I feel the same way. If, they, if they're not willing to pay up for Gordon, I'm not betting on them to pay up for, on Eckler. I mean, he's producing right now and I don't know how much longer I'm going to have of Eckler. I know I'm, I'm pretty much going to be able to use him this year for the most part, unless Melvin Gordon starts hitting Next year, it's in question, so if I can get out from under him, get a younger piece, or best heavily in the next year's draft class, because it's going to be a studly draft class, then I'm I'm all aboard for it. Okay, let's let's talk about pricing a little bit here then. So if so, we're saying Austin Eckler's probably on the upswing of of any any value he has, and Melvin Gordon's probably on the lower end of the spectrum. So. Are you potentially buying Melvin Gordon if you could get him at like a mid RB2 price? Mid RB2 price. Maybe. Depends on where I'm at. Melvin Gordon or DeAndre Swift, who would you rather have? I mean, I'd rather have Swift, but that's just because I could get more on his name, you know? Yeah. So um, I think I'd rather have the top running backs in next year's class for just a bunch of reasons because um their price that it's more insulated and the is just about as high as gordon so rb2 what are we talking about late first early second round range right yeah probably like a mid mid to late second mid to late second if i can get melvin gordon for a mid to late second pull the trigger on that and rookie picks i I, I don't know if I can get that because if I have Gordon, I'm not going to sell him for anything less than really at first unless I'm really panicking, though. For sure. So then Austin Eckler on the other side, let's say you're not contending and you just happen to have Eckler. Are we moving him for any first-round pick? If I can get a first-round pick, yeah, moving him for any first-round pick. And if I can't get that first-round pick, I'm going to try and package him up with either my second or third-round pick, kick the tires, and try to get that first-round pick off that owner package him up with another player that I'm willing to part with. 
Love it. Okay. So we uh, we can buy Melvin if he's if he's sliding down in value, but you gotta be you gotta be careful. There's kind of a fine line on that one. And then I'm in the same boat with you, Bruce. I think if any first comes into my inbox for Austin Eckler, I'm taking it. Or if I can go out and add some a little something to him to get into a first, I'm about that as well. All right, next little position battle here, and and this one turned into less of a battle and and more of a clock cleaning, it seems. Tennessee Titans quarterback battle, which um, for the last few years has been just run by Marcus Mariota or whoever's healthy. And all of a sudden they bring in Ryan Tannehill and Tannehill gets his first start and has his first 300 yard game since 2016, I think was the number that does not bode well for Marcus Mariota's time in Tennessee. However, I think he's got enough upside where someone will take a shot on him that maybe misses out on next year's quarterback class or it doesn't have a pick where they think they can get to one but I also don't really see Tannehill as the long-term guy in in Tennessee he's on a he's on a cheap deal but again I mean it's the Dolphins gave up on him I can't imagine Tennessee's gonna ride with him for very long do you have faith in either of these guys I don't have a ton of faith however I do like cheap quarterbacks. I don't like paying up for the position. So both of them I'm semi-interested in. Mariota, I just want to see where he's going to end up in the future. Tannehill, I just like what you said. I don't think he's a long-term option, but if you can patch a hole with him, that's good. Yeah, Mariota, I mean, he's got to be dirt cheap. So if you need a quarterback or if you're looking for like something to as a QB2 or backup quarterback, or you're just patching holes for the future even, then that, that might be a little penny stocking play with. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. It's, you know, we, we all kind of, I know wrote off Corey Davis a little bit. We're, we're a little worried about A.J. Brown in his rookie season and how it might be held back with Marcus Mariota, but maybe maybe it's just Mariota in the offense or maybe it's just Mariota altogether. I'm I'm not ready to to write him off. I've seen enough from him where I think he can thrive in the right offense and I think he's consistently been in the wrong offense since he's been in the league, which is truly unfortunate. But we see other guys with his similar skill sets around the league absolutely thriving. Guys like Kyler Murray who have the ability to get out of the pocket and cruise maybe aren't the most accurate of passers or have the biggest arms, but can get things done with their legs. And that consistently keeps the defense on their heels. Same thing with like the high end version of that, which is Russell Wilson. I, I feel like there's a place in the league for Mariota. He's got to be healthy and he's got to be in the right system. And I don't think he's either of those things right now, which is, you know, it, it, it sucks to say because I've been on the Mariota uh, bandwagon or by wagon, if you will. And all of a sudden, Tannehill comes in and does this, and I would imagine, uh, unless there's an injury, that probably solidifies Tannehill as the starter for the remainder of the season. So, like Bruce, I'm I'm all about cheap quarterbacks. I, I'm don't uh, I don't really like paying up for them. So, if you are a streaming team looking for quarterback play, I would definitely be targeting Tannehill if you're contending. And I wouldn't hate throwing out some low ball, you know, mid second, late second type offers for Mariota and Superflex leagues. Maybe you could even get him for lower than that since he's been benched and he's been poo-pooed for so long. It's, you know, it, it feels like the whole world's been down on him for so long that the price just has to be all the way at the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with what you just said there. He's a penny stock. 
he goes in the right situation and he's healthy, he could be like that asset on the bottom of your roster that, that you can use that hits for you. Uh, he's definitely has moments during his uh, career where he's looked like he could be a QB1, and then he's also had his bad moments. So uh, it's just we, we just need to see him in the right spot and healthy. He hasn't been healthy much during his career, and he's definitely has flashed. Great point, Bruce. Hey, listeners, it's Justin Peake. Just wanted to talk to you all for a second about Axios Sports. Don't you want to be the one that's sharing great points just like Bruce in your group chat and be the one that always seems to know everything before anybody else does? Well, following just the team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming, but trying to follow everything happening in sports is basically impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis in every sport is just not something that is realistic for people that have a job. Well, I also have a job, and so that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Sports.axios.com Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend that's sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, to try for the low, low price of free 99, go to sports.axios.com. All right. Now we've got that behind us. We can talk about a couple of positive things. Guys that have been doing well, um, been kind of Taking the league by storm, these are um, we're going to kind of go rapid fire a little bit, but we will keep them separate in their own rights. Starting off with Minnesota Viking Dalvin Cook. And again, I know we've talked about the Vikings a little bit uh, of recent, you know, that that offense has been so hot and cold. But the one constant they've had is Ben Dalvin Cook. We've seen him healthy for seemingly the first time in his in his short career and a team committed to using him. Dalvin Cook, aside from a couple of tough games against good run defenses, has absolutely demolished the defenses he's playing. He's he's keeping that offense afloat. And I think, you know, I've, I've kind of been trending towards it and, and been putting it in my thread on Twitter each week. But I think we're finally in that stage where we've got to put Dalvin in that elite top tier. Yeah, um, he's been balling this year. He's RB2 this year on the season, um, right behind Christian McCaffrey. Already has eight rushing touchdowns, 725 rushing yards, and he's just been a monster. Had some blow-up games as well to go with that. When he's healthy and he's getting the usage, he's he is one of, one of the best running backs in the league. Um, health-wise, has been his bugaboo previously. But he's proven that, like, when good to go, he is he is one of the top running backs in the league, and he's he's fun to watch too. And uh, 
Yeah, um, you're, you're correct. He should be like considered in the top echelon when, especially when he's healthy and good to go. No doubt. I mean, we're seeing this output, and and obviously the three massive games are against Oakland, New York, and Detroit, and then we see a couple of the stinkers versus Philly and Chicago. But again, that's Philadelphia and Chicago's run defenses are both top five in the league, and both of those games he's still getting in the end zone. So. I think he he can make do almost no matter who he's playing against. You know, we've, we've seen that floor and that cushion from the Christian McCaffrey's and the Saquon Barkley's, uh, the Alvin Kamara's, Zeke Elliott. We've seen it from these guys, and Dalvin doesn't get put in this category. We're, we're talking about over 700 yards already. Like Bruce said, eight touchdowns, and it, he he's a difference maker when he's out there. He's He's got so much burst. I haven't seen him in the at least in the pros. We watched him do it a lot in college, but you watch him get to that corner and he turns that corner, he's blowing the doors off of those guys. It's not even close. They have no chance at getting to him. So I feel like I feel like Dalvin is a lock first round pick, start twenty twenty, you know, we're we're getting into our startups again. He might even be in that top six ish range. You know, we're we're kind of propping a lot of these running backs up higher, but they seem to be the bread and butter now that we finally have running backs back in the NFL where we were in that drought for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to see to have some viable running back after those um, dead years at the position. And Cook, is yeah, he's a great option to have on your team. Yeah, he, he's been a breath of fresh air this year. He's, he's fun to watch. Like you said, when he gets that corner, he's nasty with that burst and he's even his vision is world class like he sets up defensive backs and defenders in the open field with like that dead leg or he'll he'll um shake off shake them off and fake them out with his shoulders and move the opposite way and, and mix them up and then get some extra yardage off that he, he's just a very slick runner in the open field and it it's fun to watch when he when he's when he's in the open field and he's moving and he's just getting that extra yardage for sure and and i guess the one i I, and it's not like the end of the world but the one thing i wish i'd seen more from him and why i'm i'm not talking about him as the potential rb1 with the mccaffrey's and the camaras and the barclays is because his receiving floor isn't quite there yet um he's had a couple of nice receiving games built uh, kind of mixed in but only 28 targets on the season, so we're talking about four targets a game. Uh, that's not really enough to put him in that that you know RB1 talk just because those other guys are getting those looks and are getting those targets. Um, but the touchdown production is there, and, and the yardage obviously is there. So, I mean, we've got an extremely high floor, and, I, I mean, if he starts catching passes or starts getting used more in the in the passing game, uh, let's say maybe Adam Thielen's out for a little while, we could see some some legit monster numbers coming out of Dalvin Cook. Think about his receiving production. He's top 10 in the league in target share with a 15% target share. So the passing volume goes up in Minnesota and they kick it down to him a little bit more. Um, we could see those numbers pop a little bit. Um, that would elevate his ceiling a little more, right? So that'd be kind of kind of cool. So 28 targets on the year. Caught 24 of those balls, and yeah. One thing, too, like, I like Cook. I love watching him play. It's not about his talent, but, like, that injury history, those pre-existing conditions, 
from those past injuries, uh, th- that's a little scary if you're going to pay up for him right now when he's when his price is high. Yeah, no, he's he's like an impossible buy right now. I mean, I I mean, if somebody's putting him on a trade block, I'm I'm asking and see what the price tag is, but I, I can't imagine unless your team is absolutely loaded and you're just looking for an upgrade at running back that you're going to be able to afford it. You know, maybe we see some of these teams that that have all these first round picks and you know, maybe throwing an offer of a couple of them at, at the Dalvin Cook owner might get it done, but it'd be tough sledding if you're trying to buy Dalvin Cook right now. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay, so another guy that um, has definitely surprised me, Jacksonville Jaguar, Leonard Fournette, someone that I really struggled to like who hasn't been able to stay on the field consistently, hasn't really been a game-changer and I think those two things kind of go hand in hand. He's not a game changer because he hasn't really been healthy and he hasn't been out there enough and been used enough where he's really making a true difference. So we're seeing Leonard Fournette this year. I mean, the rushing floor is absolutely there and he's doing something I never thought I would see him do. And he's catching passes. We're talking about almost 40 targets to start the season here and catching almost 30 of them. So he's 38 targets, 28 catches. And, you know, the he's not crazy out there pa- catching passes. He only got 200 yards off of that. And he hasn't found the end zone from there yet. And I think that's where some of the issues come with Fournette. We'd probably expect someone like him to to have some more touchdowns. And he's only got one on the year total touchdown. So... That one's kind of tough, but he does have some solid rushing output, and, and the floor is there, the usage is there, and and when we talk about, you know, what what you look for, what you should be chasing, you chase usage, you chase the carries, you chase the targets, and it's all there for Leonard Fournette. The one thing I guess that's been kind of noticeable or consistent is the the big carry, the big run game by game is is kind of padding his rushing output his rushing total because aside from those big carries he's been somewhat mediocre but he's been out there Fournette, the one thing i i've been hammering on the jaguars and a lot of my like redraft and best ball leagues this year due to um john d filippo the offensive coordinator he uh he was with the Vikings last year, weeks one through 14, what had a 65% pass rate. So I was expecting the passing game to see an uptick, even with Foles or Minshew. And we're seeing that with Fournette. His, uh, his targets are, is amazing. We never would have thought he'd be a receiver. He's a true, he's a true workhorse right now. And, uh, and he's definitely seen in the passing game that elevates his floor. The one thing that's the knock is what you said is the touchdowns. We have to see some positive regression for that. He has to eventually hit the end zone. I, it's it's hard to see him finish this season with this much work and less than five touchdowns. He's he's almost starting to look like the Julio Jones of running backs if this <laughs> continues to happen. I, I don't think that will because there's only one Julio Jones, so... Leonard Fournette's going to have to roll in the end zone somewhere down the line. But uh, I, I look for him to see 
plenty of targets in the future. He's only got a 1% target share more than Dalvin Cook, and he's got 10 more targets on the season. So uh, that that volume in the passing game for Jacksonville is is um, really f- helped fueling him in the passing game. And then he's just doing all right in the run game as well. So he's uh, doing well. He's RB7 on the, on the year, seven, 715 rushing yards. So, yeah. So a positive regression. He should hit that end zone eventually soon. Yeah, we'd we'd seem we'd seem to think so at the very very least. Yeah, it's the 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 target number was something I would expect to see for him as after a full year, not 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 even half of a season. It's this is the one I'm probably most wrong about Leonard Fournette out of out of all of the takes that I think I've had. The, the Fournette miss is probably the worst one. And it's like, it's not like he's oh, an absolute world beater and he's going for 200 every single game and three touchdowns and all of that. But the big plays have been there and the receiving portion of it is really what has thrown me. So uh, I, I still think there are plenty of people out there like me that maybe even have Leonard Fournette shares that you might be able to get off of them and, and go and buy some Leonard Fournette. I think right now, because of the way he's producing, it might be a little bit tough, but it never hurts to reach out and ask your uh, fellow owners to see if they're moving any uh, any shares. So before we hop into the end of the show, into our last little segment, we've got to talk about our friends over at Indochino. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. The point of wearing a suit is to look nice, right? We, we want to look nice. If you got to go to an interview, you have to wear it for your job. You're going out on the town, doing whatever. You need to have a suit that, that looks good, that fits. You don't want to be going out wearing a suit that looks like it was built for Shaq. All right? Everybody I see that buying from these big box stores, they look like squares. It, it's not good, man. You, you need to get yourself a nice custom fit suit. That's, that's what Indochino is here for the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, outerwear stuff. It's everything you can want, and it's all to your exact measurements. That means you're not looking like a dork going out with a shirt that looks like it's for someone else that you just grabbed because you had it and it was your one nice shirt. Even better than having custom stuff is the fact that it's actually affordable. Most of the times you think about custom suits and custom shirts and all of this stuff, you're talking about spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, most of all of their custom stuff is under $400. They do have some luxury stuff that is a little higher end If for those of you that are looking for the higher end stuff. But the fact that you could go out and get a custom fit nice suit for like three or 400 bucks is kind of nuts. So the process is very simple. You choose your fabric, you pick your customizations and submit your measurements and it'll be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. That's that's pretty fantastic. You can do your measuring on your own. You just need like a little tape measure thing. That's all I use when I did it. Otherwise, you can go to one of their showrooms. They've got them from coast to coast, from Minnesota to, to Texas. I mean, they're they're all over the place. But like I said, you could measure yourself with your own with your own little measure measuring tape um, and then just submit it at indochino.com. So start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at indochino.com when entering blue wire as your promo code at checkout. Plus, with that, shipping's free, and there's nothing better than free shipping. So that's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse to wear clothing that doesn't fit. 
All right, we love our Indochino, but what I'm loving more this year is our current QB1 in fantasy football, Mr. Lamar Jackson. Uh, I believe I saw uh, a good friend of the show, Ryan McDowell, post that he was like an R- a QB2 if you took away his rushing, and he was an RB2 if you took away his passing, and together that combines for our current fantasy football QB1. He has been absolutely lights out we've seen the passing floor we've seen the rushing floor and we've seen the ceiling games bruce what are we thinking about lamar jackson now are we are we on board with him being a bona fide qb1 or are we still worried that there may be some regression in here the injury bug might catch up um what are we doing i absolutely love him i i love his rushing floor i mean you can even call it rushing upside and, I mean, I, I can't really worry about the injury bug too much. I mean, he is a running quarterback, so that's that leaves them more susceptible to that. But uh, I have to worry about that with the other quarterbacks who are mobile as well. So if I have to worry about that, I have to worry about the other mobile quarterbacks who are lumped in with him that we're comparing him to. The Russell Wilsons, uh, Watsons, the Prescotts, Murrays, and down the line. Mobility at the quarterback position is what we should be aiming for more. So rushing yards, the top four quarterbacks in the league right now in fantasy scoring has uh, at least 100 more rushing yards in, in the on the season already. And Murray's at QB8 right now with 266. So um, rushing quarterbacks give you an advantage, and Lamar's got that um, Mario Mushroom when he gets that open field he's got that star and he's rolling and players are rolling off and he's a threat to score when anywhere on the field he's got that speed he's uh, i don't want to say that mike vick but he's got like that special like ability to produce large plays and it's it it's just something you want on your fantasy teams and i think it's going to be here for a long time unless the injury thing does happen but you can't really predict that yeah and I, like i mean the injury stuff most of that stuff's freak freak injuries he's been taking good care of himself when he's out on the field he's he's i, I mean considering his the amount he's rushing and the fact that he's not taking big shot after big shot after big shot is i mean it's speaking volumes to what everybody was worried about in the draft process everybody's talking trying to talk to him about a, as a running back or as a wide receiver he's, he's not big enough he's gonna take too many shots and I mean, he's he's doing everything right so far, man. He he's been he's been really solid. Obviously, last year we really just saw his rushing upside because Baltimore just wanted to play to his strengths. And as good of a thrower as he is, obviously we know that his legs are his true strength because of, like you said, I mean, he's got that that Michael Vick factor. He he can take it to the house on any play. And you got the defense is just constantly on their heels because you you can't. Even you could you have to spy him with like three people in order to contain him. It's just not even. It's honestly not even fair. But where where are you putting Lamar in dynasty ranks? Is he is he the tier behind like the Mahomes Watson bundle? Do you have him further down? What are we doing with Lamar as far as that goes? Yeah, he's a uh, he's like right behind that um, Watson Mahomes range. Like he's that direct tier right behind there. If you want, you can mix them in, but it, it I mean, you can't really get above Mahomes and Watson's a baller as well. But yeah, Jackson's right up there, right below him in the next tier. It's uh, 
Um, they're not far down. He's a player that you want. Once those players are off the board, he's in that next group of quarterbacks. Maybe Russell Wilson, but it, he, he, you're going to be looking for him. Um, and one thing I just looked up here. So Jackson has 576 rushing yards on the season. Next quarterback in rushing yards is Kyler Murray with 266. So um, if you take if you take away Murray's yards and uh, Jackson's, that leaves over 310 yards left over. So Jackson has 310 more yards than Kyler Murray so far in the year, and that 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 310 yards would still make him um, leading all quarterbacks in rushing. That's how much rushing yards he has. <laughs> That's just stupid. That's not even fair. Yeah, yeah. Lamar Jackson, Swiss Army knife, the ultimate weapon. I mean, and we've seen him getting the ball downfield. When Hollywood, Hollywood Brown's healthy, and that offense is, it's, I mean, it's high end. They, they've got Mark Andrews there. Miles Boykin had a nice big play this week. I, I think, I think, yeah, Lamar Jackson's. I'm not ready to tie him in with, with the, the elite, you know, Mahomes, the Watson. But I like you, Bruce. I, I've got him right there. I think he's in that QB three to five conversation. I mean, if anything, because of his rushing floor. You could take his arm out of it, and that's that's you know even if he was a horrible thrower, that would be, I mean he, he's got so much upside. So, <laughs> all right, before we wrap, we're going to um, just go over uh, a couple of rookies. We we haven't really touched on much uh, yet this year, and looking for guys now while we're in midseason, guys. There's a few rookies that haven't really broken out guys that were maybe taken a little bit early in rookie drafts or, or maybe even guys that are sleepers that could potentially walk in, walk themselves into some, uh, into some nice work coming up here. So uh, if we're looking at the list of potential breakouts or buys before a breakout during mid season here, Bruce, if you just had to pick one to go after it and to target, who are you picking? This season I would target Justice Hill. Um, we were just talking about uh, Lamar Jackson. That rushing offense just clicks, and Mark Ingram goes down, and Justice Hill gets a boatload of carries. His value is going to skyrocket. He was nasty in offseason, led the league in like missed tackles per touch per PFF during the pre- during the preseason. Uh, he's elusive. He's got burst. Uh, he may be even an upgrade just because of the speed and burst uh he he'd, he'd probably instantly be an rb1 w- with a uh, full workload so he would definitely see a massive increase and if you can get him on the low then that that would be a a good buy for sure i'm, I'm definitely on board with that one he was he was on my short list of of guys and it might be a little bit of a waiting game unless ingram for some reason gets hurt he is signed technically through 2021. The Ravens do have an out after the 2020 season, um, but it's not like he's making an astronomical amount. He's making two million this year, four million next year. Um, but I think I think we see Ingram consistently just kind of leading. Unfortunately, this year because I, with you, I'm with you, Bruce. I think I think Justin's going to be uh, Justice Hill's going to be pretty damn good in the league. But um, they are paying Ingram right now, so. I feel like it's going to be his backfield for this season. And then next year, I think we see either a true split or or we see Justice kind of take the 1A lead in that in that um, backfield. And it just kind of becomes a committee for one season to kind of slow roll him into it. I'm not a huge fan of having to wait for running back production. 
but I think Justice Hill could be special. So my my pick, it's not really a it's not a sleeper. It's not I mean it's not somebody you've never heard of. I'm going right off the damn top of the pile. Nikhil Harry. We we heard all of these negative blurbs all preseason about him, and then he gets the injury. They put him on IR. Well, he's due back soon, and we haven't really heard anything positive from anybody about it. And that is that that for me that just screams buy 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 as much as you can. Uh, he's got the draft capital. He was a first round draft pick. He's going into an offense that currently is without Josh Gordon. That got rid of Antonio Brown. And unless you think Jacoby Myers is going to take his work as an outside receiver or that Philip Dorsett is going to be that guy, even though they play completely different positions and roles, the only guy standing in front of him right this minute is Julian Edelman. And obviously Edelman is their true slot. They bodes really well with Brady because Brady likes to get the ball out quick. But Nikhil Harry is going to be a monster once he's healthy, once he can get out there. Preseason, you know, all of the summer stuff, he's a rookie. He's going to have those mistakes. But he's got to get out on the field and, and play some snaps before we can judge him for any of those things. So, Nikhil Harry, for me, I'm probably throwing out any, honestly, any late first-round pick. And a lot of times, those have been getting accepted. His, his, you know, his college numbers, all of his, his combine stuff. I mean, he's he's built for this. And in my opinion, at least, I, I feel like he can be he can be a true number one in an offense. And getting to work with Tom Brady for whatever time Tom has left. That's a huge boost. Yeah, I love Nikhil Harry. I think that's a, a great pick by you. Um, yeah, it's a great offense, too. It's a great fit. Uh, I loved him coming out of the draft, and uh, I'm very patient with my picks. So he's a guy that I'd be holding tightly. I had him as my 1-1 throughout the whole uh, process. He's he's got a lot of upside to him. He he fits he he looks like he'd fit well in that offense too. You can move him around a little bit, and I, I just want to see what happens. If you can get him for a late first, like you said, then that's a good deal. One ten, especially with the like one ten, one eleven, one twelve range, that's probably where he'd go in next year's draft, considering this with talent. So it's not like you're losing value or anything so it's a it's a good deal to, to pay for them so you're, you're not going to lose anything talent wise or miss out if you buy them so i like harry a lot he's he's definitely on my buy list if i can get him. I, I think that there's a lot of upside with him he could be a wide receiver one if everything connects i mean obviously there's a there's a lot of low as with any other receiver but um not as many prospects like him has that upside you know what, Bruce? I think we need to have you on more often. It's nice having someone that agrees with me occasionally. That's good. Yeah, it's always <laughs> good to have a Dan Sania fan. There we go. I like it. I like it. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for coming on, man. It, it was an absolute blast. I'm, I'm finally happy to get you on here, and it worked out. It was a it was a late ad, and I went straight to the top of the list. So let the folks know where they can find you and where they can find your work. All right. So first off, you can find me on Twitter at Metric Scout. Um, I'm a senior writer for DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Right now, I have a weekly DFS article. I write about the bargains on DraftKings. That releases on Saturdays. I also have a podcast called The Perfect Cast. Me and my buddy Tom do that. Um, it's a very lighthearted fantasy football um, podcast. If you like a lot of jokes, a lot of comedy, along with your fantasy football news, and you'll definitely love that. 
Also been doing some live streams also on my channels as well. Just follow me on Twitter at Metric Scout, and I usually release those on Saturdays. So um, thank you guys for following me, and thank you, Dan, for having me on the show. Absolutely. Make sure you guys get over there. You follow him. You check out all of his stuff. Get him some clicks in there. We also want to thank our friends from Axios Sports and Indochino. Make sure you hit up the road of his Patreon. Get in that $6 level or the $9 level. If you do hop in the $9 level, that gets you into the premium Slack uh, where you can get analysts feedback on your leagues. There's dynasty pages. There's all everything you could want. We're in there answering questions. So the $9 level gets you in there. And uh, that also gets you a hookup for some kind of sick merch at the end of the year too. We get the shirt or sweatshirt or something. It's, it's a, it's a good little deal there. So make sure you hop into uh, Patreon and, and uh, get in with Rotoviz radio. And you can also hop into, um, if you go to rotoviz.com go to the podcast page, you can get 10% off a, uh, an NFL pass for the remainder of the season here while we're in the midst of it. So again, Bruce, thank you so much for being here. Uh, happy as, as all heck to have you finally here. And um, we will see you guys all next week. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.